Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. Today, we're going to be covering Airbnb. Now, you can be brand new. You can be extremely experienced. You're going to learn regardless in this episode today. And I'm extremely excited because we have my good friend, Mr. Jorge Contreras. What's up, brother? How are we doing? What is going on, brother? I appreciate you for jumping on, man. I know you've been having a busy day. There's a lot of people that you're helping out along the way. So I appreciate you diving into this. And Airbnb is your expertise. So there's nobody better that I would love to have on here to give it out to the listeners. So for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just diving into who you are, what you do, and where you're based out of? Definitely. And first of all, thank you for having me on the Ready, Set, Go podcast. Super excited. I met Brian a couple months ago at a real estate and a personal development event where we were both speakers and we connected. We have a very similar background and, and story on how we, you know, on our upbringings and how we ended up in the real estate game. Yeah. So I, I live in Los Angeles, California. I am a full-time real estate investor. I got out of the rat race about three years ago when I was able to replace my six-figure business that I always refer to as a job because if your business needs you for it to continue to operate, you don't have a business, you have a job. And I was able to replace that with income from Airbnb and let that go. And then I was able to retire my wife, just adding an additional six figures of Airbnb revenue. Currently, we have 13 Airbnbs all in Southern California. We are getting number 14 next week. And we also invest into apartment syndication. So we have ownership in over a thousand doors out in Houston, Texas. And I also run a coaching program where I teach people how to build an Airbnb empire without owning real estate. Ooh, I love it. I love it, brother. I didn't know you were, you were involved in some syndications as well. That's awesome, man. That's yes, where the sir. money's at. <laughs> Exactly. That's, that's a lot of that long term, you know, you know, it's going to be 30 years from now, no matter what. So, yeah, that's that passive income that we're all looking for. So, um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Airbnb, you're an expert at it. You've been doing it successfully. You've had a lot of learning curves along the way, but you're fine tuning it and making it, you know, better and better each and every day. So for your current experience, what kind of led you to the Airbnb space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. So as a real estate investor, I've always been fascinated by the idea of creating time freedom, financial freedom, and location freedom. And I've been become fascinated over the last decade with making money in my sleep. So I'm a buy and hold real estate investor. And so I had some duplexes and triplexes here in Southern California that I just had long-term tenants in. And one of my good friends, Nicole, she owned a couple duplexes out in Fresno. And we always connected in real estate since I met her back in like 2012. And she was telling me in 2016 how she was making two and a half times on Airbnb what she would be getting from traditional long-term rentals. And I was like, that's a lot. You know what I mean? How does that work? So I started just kind of looking at a couple YouTube videos and read a couple eBooks. And there wasn't really anyone 
no one was really teaching Airbnb in like 2016. So I decided to just jump on. I had a property where the lease was, you know, finishing. And so I decided to switch up the strategy from long-term rentals to short-term rentals. And it just took off. So I just started with the next one, the next one. And within three months, I had four of my properties that I owned on Airbnb. And sure enough, I was getting about three times what I was getting from my long-term rentals. And then, of course, I wanted to grow and scale. So I brought on a, a partner on board, and we started building and scaling the subleasing. So we got seven subleases. Um, and then we've been building, ultimately, mo most recently, the property management side. So I've done the buying, the subleasing, and now the management side. And it's been really awesome to be on all three you know, levels, because now I could really share the pros and cons of going through any of the strategies and whatnot. So that's really how I got into Airbnb and I've been doing it for three years now. Okay. You guys doing staging as well and contracting? You got it all <laughs> mapped out? Yeah. So when we, when we done the subleases, we furnished the entire properties. And when we could jump onto the, when we jumped onto the management side, we don't have any expenses out of pocket. We take a percentage off the gross revenue for our full service management. So that's, what's really cool about that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Cool. So what kind of learning curves have you actually dealt with as the last couple of years have passed when it comes down to Airbnb? Anything like super drastic that almost like either put you out of business or something that like, hey, yeah. now that I learned this, never again. <laughs> you know, thankfully, knock on wood, it wasn't something that I experienced, but something that has been happening that people are aware of. And I'm glad I didn't have to go through it. But one of the challenges, one of the cons of Airbnb is that one of the things that really dictates whether or not it's going to work is city ordinances. And sure. there's zero control that we have, right? There's nothing we could really do about it when yeah. we implement an ordinance. So I had a guy that messaged me on Instagram about three months ago, and his message said, hey, Jorge, I used to have 10 Airbnbs in downtown LA, all in the same city. And then they implemented an ordinance in the city of LA where you can only do one per owner and you have to live on site. So it basically eliminated his portfolio and he went from making over six figures of profit to zero. And the learning lesson is don't have multiple Airbnbs in the same city. You want to diversify into sure. multiple cities. So right now, I think we are in eight different cities for our 13 Airbnbs. So that, that gives us a level of diversification and, and really protection. If, if something happens in one city or in two cities, we still have the majority of our, of our portfolio. And that's yeah. something that I would recommend that I'm implementing myself as we continue to grow. And for anybody that wants to get into Airbnb is don't do that many in the same city, just do one in each city in your area that you want to get into. Yeah. I mean, overall, that's a very a typical type of investment strategy of right. planning, right? You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Although exactly. you know your backyard, you're, you're very comfortable with it, you're getting some success already. You know, it's very tempting to constantly build up that little empire right there, but then you could potentially run into something that's totally out of your control, right? Exactly, and that's where that lesson comes in. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> yeah. Have you ran into a lot of people that are actually falling into this category or, or getting smacked in the face with something like this? I, I hear of stories, but not like directly. I know this guy that was making, I think he, he makes, 
I forget his name, but I've seen him on Instagram. He makes a couple million from it. He has like a big portfolio in LA and in San Diego. And basically half of his income was wiped out because he had such a large portfolio in the city of LA. I don't even remember his name. I just kind of heard him talking about it on Instagram. So not a lot of people directly, mostly just indirectly. And at the end of the day, this is a topic that's very popular right now in San Diego because everybody's like kind of on the edge of, well, is it going to pass? Is it not going to pass? Is it legal? Is it not? But I always kind of look at it and like, correct me if I'm wrong here, because who knows? What do I know? But from my personal knowledge in Vegas, it's, it's illegal as well, right? But the host- Within a one mile circumference from the strip. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. See, now that that might be it right there, because I I thought that whole area was actually illegal to have Airbnb, but but Airbnb host, they're still allowing everybody. So as long as the site's still working, then, and there's so many other sites, right? Like what other popular sites? There's like a VRBO, MrBnB, Booking.com, Expedia, TripAdvisor. There's like over 50 different short-term rental hosting sites. And there's actually a platform called Guesty that allows you to integrate and host on all 50 plus platforms while using the guesty as really that middleman and pretty awesome you can advertise a lot more get a lot more eyes on your listings and it's pretty cool so can you put like ads to your listing to really make it pop out more you can but the two best ways is one if you put your air your short-term rental on over 50 platforms that's going to be big And two, just operating a very successful Airbnb with high ratings, like getting super host status, that's when you have a 4.8 out of five or higher. That alone is going to put you at the top of the SEO and, uh, and just get more eyes, more visibility on your Airbnb. I love that. That's a great tip. I actually want to dive a little bit deeper into that in a second, but I didn't realize that there are so many platforms that you can actually advertise and put your, your Airbnb out there too. Like that's a ridiculous amount. I thought maybe, maybe five at the most, but uh, 50 plus is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 50 plus. So it's pretty awesome. Again, it just gives yeah. you the ability to make more money, get more eyes on it with the same amount of uh, short-term rental listings. Now, would you take the time to actually put on every single one or do you hire out like a virtual assistant or somebody? We have assistants that are are supporting with all of that integration and doing a lot of that administrative work. Okay. Now let's talk about the overall rates, right, of your Airbnb to make sure that SEO puts it out and promotes it more. You got to get to the five star or just get a lot of people to leave great reviews. Now, when I've stayed in Airbnbs, I've noticed that the host will do anything and almost everything to make sure that you get that high rating, leave that review, right? Exactly. Yeah. You want to do whatever it takes because not just, I mean, right now we're in the social proof economy. So everything's based on stars and stars. I mean, even, even podcasts, right? You're like, Hey, the more ratings, the more reviews you have, the more downloads, the algorithm will recognize that it must be good, so let's put it somewhere at the top. They do that with everything, with Uber drivers. If you own Uber, you want your best rated drivers to get the most amount of activity. If you own Airbnb, you want the best host to host the most amount of people, and so based on all the reviews. It's such a good point. So everybody that's listening right now, if you haven't yet, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, leave a review for Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. And let's promote this sucker out there to more people. Yes. 
selfish plug, right? Exactly. <laughs> but, but it is so true. Like you, you really do need to, we're in that social media proof that, that you need to leave the reviews to be able to get it out there to show that this is a good place that you're going to want to stay at and bring your family, right? Yep. And it's true. I mean, if someone sees that a hundred people said it was good, then it must be good. It and must so be good, right? It's an automatic level of transfer of trust. If that yeah. many people say that it's true, then it must be true. Even if it's not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? people will always believe whatever they hear the most of, right? You could hear yeah. 99 lies and one truth and you're going to be believe the lie. So whatever the masses say about something, people are going to believe it and follow it. And yeah. so this no question is asked, right? Yeah. The social, the social proof thing is just really, really powerful, you know? Okay. So let's, let's talk about how you make your Airbnb or what you would recommend to other students that you have to actually make your Airbnb stand out in comparison to the other competitors. Yeah. Great question. So there, in no particular order, I'm just going to give you some of my best golden nuggets. One of the ways that you're able to charge more money is based on the amount of people that you could host. So my recommendation is eight to nine people if you have one shower, right? Because you can have a two bedroom that's maybe 1,200 square feet with one full shower and you're not going to be able to host more than like nine people with one shower because that's, that's going to be very challenging for people to all take a shower in the morning <laughs> when there's only one. Yeah. So what really caps you is not, not so much the square footage or the bedroom sometimes, but the amount of showers you have. Now, if you have a two-two and it's like at least over a thousand square feet, now you could host up to twelve people. Now, all the smaller groups will still be able to book your property, and that's the greatest. Now, you're going to get the four, five, six, all the way up until that maximum occupancy. So, number one is maximize occupancy, and one of the ways we do that is by using bunk beds. Now, I always avoid using bunk beds if I don't need them. I only use bunk beds enough to reach my occupancy goal. So if you use bunk beds, I recommend getting the queen over queen because that'll sleep four people. There's sometimes if you, I'll put two, two sets of queen over queen beds in the, in the master bedroom because it's really big, it's really spacious. Now there's eight people in just that one room and then you can put a queen bed in the second bedroom and like a, just a pull out mattress couch and that would get you to 12, right? So that's number one. Number two is cleaning is the most important thing when hosting on Airbnb. You want to make sure that you have a professional cleaning company that is going to do a really, really good job, a thorough job. Another one is hire a real estate photographer, not just your cousin who takes pictures of but like, you know, headshots. You want a real estate photographer that has the wide angle lens because it's what people see, it's what helps them determine at which property they're gonna stay at. And the only thing they see before they book is the pictures. So pictures are very, very important. Another one I would say is communications, being able to respond to all of your guests in less than three minutes. Now I recommend that three for the minutes. First, Yeah, in less than three minutes, ideally. And one of the reasons, one of the ways you're able to do this as you're growing and scaling because the inquiries and communications can get very demanding is hiring virtual assistants. Yeah. So there's two websites that we use. One of them is onlinejobs.ph for Philippines. And we hire assistants in the Philippines. And that website has been around for a long time. You're able to hire people that have 
already been um, like rated, basically like stars, except they use numbers. Like above 75 is like, you know, probably four stars. Above 85 is like five stars. And a lot of the people that have that respond to your job postings on this website, they used to work for Airbnb already because Airbnb hires them to, you know, for the claims department and different things like that. And then the other website is uh, virtuallatinos.com. And I like to use both because, for example, my virtual assistant in Mexico, he does communications from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., my time. And the one in the Philippines from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. So it's nighttime here, but it's daytime there. So this allows us to have 24-7 customer service. And when I've broken down the math, we pay about $30 a month per listing to have that 24-hour service. Mm. So they're the ones responsible for handling all of these questions. The other thing that's cool about the Guesty platform is we've integrated automated messages. So when somebody books, it sends them a congratulations automated message. 48 hours before they arrive, it sends them all the check-in details that they're going to need. After 24 hours, it says, hey, Brandon, how's everything going? And then when you, the day before you check out, it says, hey, just a reminder, Brandon, your checkout is tomorrow at 10 a.m. Our guests will arrive at that time to clean for the same day guests. Please check out early. And then after you leave, it'll ask you for a review. And then it submits the review on your behalf. And so it's just all automated. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it takes to actually be able to get like a successful business and, and not be working constantly in the business. Can you imagine if you particularly had to answer every three minutes to somebody's response. That's oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And uh, it works out like our virtual assistants, their goal was to be able to work from home so that they could be home with their kids yeah. and they were able to like let go of their nine to five and now their virtual assistants working from home. As long as they have their phone and they're connected to the internet, they're able to work on other businesses or other projects just within that 12 hour time frame. respond within three minutes. So that really creates a great win-win for everybody. Oh yeah, I love that. That's cool, man. So when it comes down to somebody brand new, like they just thought about this idea of getting successful with Airbnb and pushing it to the limit, maybe they have a rental property already, or maybe they're just, you know, they, they just saw this video and then they're just interested in getting started. They don't have anything yet. What would you recommend? So I'm going to give you guys from scratch, starting from zero, my top five tips to start your first Airbnb, okay? Guys, uh, make sure you guys are writing this stuff down. This is going to be gold. This man charges money. You got to understand, there, there's an investment to be a part of this type of gold that he's going to be dishing out. So make sure you're prepared. Check this out on the replay. Rewind this. You're going to want to pull over. If you're driving right now, write this stuff down. There's going to be gold nuggets here. That's right. <laughs> and guys, for anybody on Instagram, if you guys hit the little arrow at the bottom, you can actually send this video to all of your friends that you feel have been wanting to get into Airbnb real estate and they've been wanting to get started just didn't really quite know how. If you send them this video by clicking at the arrow below, they'll be able to watch it for the next 24 hours. Yeah, so take a minute, share it out. Let's go. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> children of all ages, Five tips. Okay. So number one is you want to know that Airbnbs are already successful in the area. You don't want to be the one that is going out there and 
flipping a coin and hopefully. The way we do that is there's a website called MASH Visor, M-A-S-H-V-I-S-O-R. You go to this website, it's a paid service, and you can put any city in the US. And then you wanna sort by income, you'll see the buttons in pretty obvious places. And so imagine you put San Diego, you put San Diego and you will be able to see from top to bottom the highest income producing properties on Airbnb. You can see what they've made for the month of December or January over the last 12 months. You could see their occupancy, you could see what they're charging and you can click on the actual Airbnb listing to see how many bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, the amenities, location, you can see where it is on the map. I mean, you can see their entire business model and see why it's working. So imagine you're looking in La Jolla, just gonna pick a random location. And in La Jolla, say there's, you saw five properties that are all making about $8,000 a month, and they're hosting between seven to 12 people. And they're averaging a $7,000 a month of gross revenue. Sure. So then you wanna ask yourself, well, how much can I rent a property similar to that in that same area. So then you go on a website, this is step number two, then you go on trulia.com. I like trulia because a phone number pops up and you wanna see, well, how much does a three bedroom, two bath, you know, 1100 square feet or more in a similar area rent for? And you go to Trulia, you put La Jolla, and you put single family residences. And if it's furnished, it's even better because that just means you keep more money in your pocket. Yeah. Well, you look at the property, and if you like the pictures, you like what you see, you want to contact the owner, the phone number. There's going to be three people whose phone number is listed. It's either going to be the owner, mm -hmm. the property manager, or like an agent broker that gets paid a commission for finding a qualified tenant. Sure. And you want to look at the property if you like what you see online. You look at the property. You want to make sure that there's AC and heat central, and if not, at least portable and window but you gotta have that. And you could also provide that if it didn't, but when it gets hot, cold, that's gonna be very important. You wanna make sure that there's plenty of parking and you wanna make sure that you are in a nice neighborhood, but catch this, not too nice. <laughs> if you go into a neighborhood that's really, really nice, like a B-class area or an A-class area, the neighbors are gonna be very picky and there's gonna be a pain in the ASS. So in my experience, getting a B-type property in a C-class neighborhood is okay. really the sweet spot. And what about that D-class? What about the like gangs and... Uh, yeah, you, see, you don't want to go into the D. So let me break it down. You know, in, in 30 seconds or less, A is like multi-million dollar listings. It's mostly owners. And then you have the D. We call that the war zone. It's high crime, low income, drug activity gang activity, that's where me and Brandon grew up, right? You don't want to go there because your, your guest will not feel safe. Yeah. The sweet spot is really that B minus and C neighborhoods where in the C class neighborhood, it's going to be probably a little slightly more renters than owners and maybe people, you know, depending on the area, just maybe people making 40 to 70 grand a month and they're not picky. They just go with the flow. Yes. So you want to go and look at the property. Okay. After you look at the property, if it meets all the criteria and it's that C class or B minus neighborhood, 
and you know you can uh, make it work and the, you want to be as close as possible to a downtown. That's where the convention centers are. That's where the concerts, sports events, conferences, business meetings, and usually for those businesses to make money, they have events year round. So there's constant yeah. activity, right? After that, you want to make sure you submit three pieces of documentation. You're going to submit a copy of your credit report. Just go to freecreditreport.com. A bank statement showing some reserves and submit the application. Up until this point, you have not mentioned anything about Airbnb. You looked at the property. You say, hey, this looks good. How do I proceed with the application? And you submit those three items. Okay. After that, you also want to make sure that they allow Airbnbs in that city. And you want to go on Google and put building department of San Diego or whatever the city is. And when you Google it, the phone number is going to pop up. You want to call them and ask them, hey, do you guys allow Airbnbs? What is your Airbnb ordinance? And there's three possible outcomes. They're either going to say there is no ordinance, there is an ordinance that requires you to get a license, or they're banned based on the ordinance. If I get a one or two, which no ordinance, or get a license, I'm going through with it. I'm moving yeah. forward. Of course, if they say it's banned, they don't allow it, then we won't go there because that wouldn't be sustainable. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. So yeah, that's step number three. So step one is Visor, looking to see how much income they're generating. Yeah. On Trulia, step two, you want to see how much you could rent them for. Step three is talking to the landlord about the business model. Yeah. Okay. And then to take it a step further in step three, after you've seen the property, after you verify that they allow them in the city, and after you've submitted the application, bank statement, and credit report, now you want to present and get on a call with the landlord and let them know that you run a short-term rental, vacation, and corporate housing business, and that you're interested in taking over their property. And you want to handle all of your objections before they come up. So you see some of their objections is uh, there's really three main things. They want to make sure their property is going to be taken care of. They want to make sure they get paid on time and they don't want to have any issues with neighbors. So that's where you want to really let them know that, you know, you come from experience. No one wants to let you take over their property to Airbnb if it's your first rodeo. <laughs> it's going to be too risky for them as a landlord. They're going to say, man, you don't know what you're doing. I don't want that's too risky. So yeah. you want to make sure you, you, you get educated, do your homework, either find a mentor, read some books, watch, watch a bunch of, whatever it takes, you want to make sure that you can run a sustainable business. Step four is launching. Launching the business physically takes probably about three to four days to really set everything up, especially if it's like a two-two or more bedrooms or more bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that you have a team. So what I've done in the past is I've gone on Instagram and I was like, hey guys, I'm launching an Airbnb this weekend. If you're available and you want to come get some hands-on experience and get some free pizza, let me know. And you, know, you want to get like four to six people there so you can just knock it out in two days because it's a, lot of, it's a lot of work. The good thing is once it's set up, you'll never have to set it up again. You'll literally run that business 100% from your phone just like if it was an online business, because it really is an online business. Yeah. So that's in the launching phase. And what I recommend, the easiest thing I have found is just order everything on Amazon and just get it delivered right to the doorstep, because otherwise you need to rent trucks and U-Hauls. It's very labor intensive. Why do that when Amazon is usually cheaper and free shipping? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Free shipping, quick. You're good to go. It's all in boxes. Good to go yeah. for you. I Over 100 million people have Amazon Prime. So why not take advantage? Use your buddies if you don't. <laughs> What's that? So use your buddies if you don't. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that's going to, I mean, I think that's something that Brandon talks about more, but, you know, you can start getting increasing credit lines. And even when my students have the cash, I always say put it on a credit card and then use your cash flow to pay off your credit card, increase your credit lines and get more balance transfers and the whole nine and start using the bank's money to launch these babies. That's what it's about, baby. That's what it's about, man. OPM. Start thinking like the banks and start using their money that they're expending out to you. There's so much possibilities with like endless. In America, they give a ridiculous amount of credit and you can just put it to work for you and really be able to scale your business very quickly, which is awesome. Exactly, Brandon. And then the fifth and final stage is the automation. With automation, there's three things involved in the operation of an Airbnb, and that's cleaning, communications, and maintenance when needed. The first thing you want to do is hire a cleaning person. The way I've always done it is I've gone on Facebook, Instagram, and I've posted, hey, I'm looking for a cleaning person, a cleaning lady in the city of boom. And then people start responding. And then I've also contacted people that I knew from that city that I have a friend in San Diego who owns a dance studio. And I'm like, well, she's got to have someone that cleans a dance studio. I messaged her and she said, yeah, I have, these are two contacts here. I called the first one, Maria. And she said, oh yeah, I already cleaned four other Airbnbs. I said, great. Right. And just like that, people are like, well, how do you find it? Just be resourceful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's about having resources. It's about being resourceful. Ask around. If you don't ask, the answer will always be no. Ask, believe, receive, just go out there, find the people, right? How easy is that though? Just utilizing like social media or thinking to yourself, okay, who do I know in this area? Common sense. That's it. it. I went through my Facebook and I mean my phone and I was like, who do I know out there? Oh yeah, so-and-so. And And sure enough, I got a bunch of people that I recommended a bunch of people. Boom. And then the other thing is with maintenance, you want to find just a local handyman that could be on call in the mm-hmm. area because there are going to be in the moment little maintenance issues that come up, a little water leak here, this is going on. And you want to find somebody that could be on call within a 15-minute drive to be able to handle these things whenever these things come up because they will. Yeah. Of course, communication, which for the first two or three you could do the communications yourself. Once you're at the third or fourth, you want to start hiring these virtual assistants so that way you can really automate. I always ask myself uh, three questions to leverage. Can I automate it? Can I delegate it to someone? Or can I eliminate it? Does it need to happen? And this way you could work more on the business versus in the business. So the only thing that helps you build and grow a business is really two things acquisitions right that's what makes you more money and making sure that your acquisitions are growing in alignment with your operations if your operations are here and you're growing this fast then there's going to be a big gap of terrible service and that's where you start getting the one two three stars and then your business starts going down because the social proof is not there so you want to make sure you have a good team systems and asset protection to really build a sustainable and scalable business model. So just to recap, right, we talked about Mashvisor. That's what you use to see how much revenue they're generating. On Trulia, you could see which what the inventory is 
for properties to rent on a 12-month lease. I Ideally, if they're already furnished, that's awesome. Exactly. Ideally, a two or a three-year lease would be better. And then speaking to the landlords, calling the cities, right? Launching, right? Get some people there to help you in the launch phase, order everything from Amazon, and then all the automation. You want to automate everything. When you automate it, it allows you to run this business 100% from your phone. So it gives you not just time and financial freedom, but location freedom. You could be in Thailand, and as long as you have internet, you're connected to your Airbnb business. I love it. That's so good. I want to talk about objections for, yeah, it, there's some fire on that one. Honestly, there's so much, so much gold nuggets right there. I'm so blessed to have you on here and giving back Thank to the listeners. Brother. I appreciate you, brother. Let's talk about some of the objections for a second, because this is one of those things that if you don't have the right mindset or if you're not prepared for these objections, a lot of people out there might end up giving up or quit or say it's too hard or whatever it is. That could be a whole different topic by itself, you know, mindset. But because you've done this for a while now, you've had a lot of these objections that you need to cover right away. You need to overcome these obstacles right away or else it's going to stop right there, right? Like you said, it really comes down to those three objections that we hear on a regular basis, right? So do you have anything, any tips or tricks up your sleeve of how to overcome some of these obstacles before they even come up? Yeah. So one of the biggest concerns is they probably heard of a horror story on YouTube or on the news about how somebody came and threw a party at this one Airbnb and had thousands of dollars of damage, right? Sure. So how do we prevent that? So we have external cameras, right? One in the front and one in the back. We like to use the Google Nest because you can also integrate it with the Google Nest thermostat and you could see it all from your phone and you could even hear the sound and they're external. So that's fine. And then we also install noise sensors inside the property. So if the noise levels reach a certain level, we will get a notification, right? So those two things alone are going to really allow you to, to see what's going on. Like one time I had a student that said, hey, Jorge, I see a bunch of people, like a lot of cars, a lot of people walking into the property with kegs of beer. (laughs) And the good thing is that we were, she was able to catch it early on. So I said, great, contact them, remind them of your strict rules and how the neighbors, you know, will call the cops. And in the rules, we don't allow parties or events and we have quiet hours from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. And only the people that are registered under the listing are allowed to be there. So if there's a violation of your rules, you can kick them out without a refund. Mm. So in the descriptions is where you qualify. Go ahead. Even when it comes down to like a a ceremony or something, right? Like somebody just passed away and and they're bringing the whole family over, right? That's that's a no-no. We can't do that. It's not going to... Exactly. And that's why it's very important to know who's staying at your property. And the way you qualify who stays at your property is really through your descriptions by saying who this is for and who this is not. And then you reinforce it in the booking agreement. The booking agreement is that last little section right before they hit pay that say these are all the rules. And then when they get to your property, you should have a welcome book reminding them of these rules. And, you know, by them seeing it multiple times is going to eliminate the possibilities of something like that happen. But when we noticed that there was people coming to the property, she was able to contact them and nip it in the butt Mm. before anything actually went down. So those are some of the things that we mentioned on how we're able to run a smooth ship 
is there's no parties, no events, quiet hours, 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. We have external cameras, noise sensors inside the property. And so that's going to help us prevent those things from happening. I love it. So if an owner of a property and you're talking to them over the phone or property manager, whatever it may be, you're educating them on this stuff beforehand before they even start thinking about it because we already know they're going to start thinking about this stuff. So you just eliminate it right then and there. And then they start building up some more confidence that their place isn't going to get trashed. You have kind of like a security system in place. Now, when it comes down to damage or type of income that you give them, do you like to offer them more than what they would normally rent it out for? You know, we've never done that. What I've learned is they will allow you to rent their property and put it on Airbnb if they feel that you have a strong profile. And if they see that, hey, you know what, this person has a 680 or 700 plus credit score, they have bank reserves, they have experience, or you enroll them on how you have experience, right? So again, when it's your first one, it is a little harder unless someone's guiding you through the process. So this is where with our students in my coaching program, we do three-way calls with them and the landlord. So we're able to transfer that trust and credibility. But when you're doing it on your own and if you don't have experience, I mean, it's hard because go ahead and convince someone that you're going to run a successful and smooth Airbnb business and you've never done it, right? That's the hard part. So in that case, it might be easier to start with like co-hosting or just helping someone that already does or join a coaching program. There's a lot of coaching programs out there where you can learn how to do this properly. But yeah, so going back to, uh, oh shit, what was that question? (laughs) Well, I think, I think you answered it for the most part, you know, coming up and overcoming some of these obstacles when the owner is trying to deny you for any reason, if if they don't feel secure when it comes down to receiving their monthly income, right? Exactly. So you want to set that up on auto pay and ensure them that no matter what, you're going to be paying them, you know, on the first of the month early and not worry. One of the things we also do is we get a renter's insurance with a with whatever the value of the property is. And I mean, you can get it for 10 to 15 bucks a month on lemonade.com and yeah. get that renter's insurance. And that's also going to give them peace of mind. Now, Airbnb so, actually comes with additional insurance as well, yeah. right? Yeah, they have a $1 million post guarantee. And where that has kicked in the past is usually if someone does damage something, they break something or leave the property extremely dirty, Airbnb holds on to their credit card up until 14 days after they check out. So you can go and submit a claim. But if for some reason Airbnb is unable to collect money from the guest, Airbnb will cover it if you, as long as you have sufficient proof for the damages. And that's why before each and every cleaning, you got to train your Airbnb uh, cleaning staff to take pictures of the property if something is not the way it's supposed to be. Sure. I love that. So that is some awesome like ammunition to really back yourself up with as well. Hey, just so you know, we have, you know, a million dollar policy behind this just in case. Exactly. Um, keep them protected. So that's great. Now let's talk just for, uh, you know, a few seconds because I know we don't have too much time left for Instagram actually blocks us out and, and drops us here. But when it comes down to the different types of Airbnb, you mentioned you can do, you know, your own, right? You could do co-hosting. Yeah, you could buy properties to Airbnb, which I wouldn't recommend if it only worked with Airbnb. You want to make sure you have multiple exit strategies and that if Airbnb disappeared, you're still good. 
I never uh, heard of that. That's crazy. You can actually buy them through there? No, you could buy properties and then Airbnb them is what I Oh, said. okay, okay, okay. I was like, what? Airbnb yeah. is really taking off. <laughs> uh, or So that's, there's the buying, renting, and co-hosting. So that's where you buy them. Uh, renting is where you sublease. You rent a property and you arbitrage. We call it Airbnb arbitrage. So then you put it on Airbnb and you make the difference. You become the bank. And then finally, it's co-hosting, also known as have, offering like a property management service. Right now, what I'm focusing a lot on is the property management service because it requires zero money out of pocket and you get a guaranteed percentage of cash flow based on the revenue. So no matter if it is two, five, or 10,000 a month, you get guaranteed. So whenever you don't have to put your money into any deal, it gives you infinite scalability and infinite return on investment. I love it. I love it. Or hey, you and I need to talk after this. I got two properties that are coming up, vacancies very soon. So maybe we could we can collide it and do something crazy. Definitely, but, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Bro, you just gave almost an hour of your time and time is valuable. So there's nothing but gold nuggets in here, right? If all the listeners, I know you guys are taking your notes, you're being thorough on this stuff, you're going to go back, you're going to reach out to Jorge if you have any questions. But obviously, what can we do to give back to you, brother? Live out your vision, whatever it is, guys. My ultimate passion is helping people, you know, create financial freedom. So if you guys have any questions, I do have a coaching program where I guide my students through everything hands-on, done with them every step of the way. It's not cheap. The coaching program is a four-figure investment. So you got to be in a position where you, you're winning in life and you want to win more. That's really where, where I come in. Honestly, I'm just appreciative that you guys were here and that I can be of contribution and make a difference. And hopefully you guys take this information and implement it and take action because knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. Mm. And at the end of the day, all that matters is results, not knowledge, not knowing. You could have, you could have read a million books on how to cure cancer, but if you're not curing cancer, then it doesn't matter. So there's people out there that like, you, you talk about Airbnb or real estate, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I know about that. And it's like, how many do you have? And they're like, nothing. It's like, then you don't know about that. Yeah, so yeah. The difference between knowledge and wisdom is knowledge is knowing and wisdom is doing. So turn this information into wisdom and into results, and that's how you can pay me back. Man, you got a heart of gold. I appreciate you, brother. It really always comes from the heart with you, and your heart is in the right place. I love bringing on people. We naturally connect with where your mind, where your heart's at, and what you're doing out there. So I appreciate you, brother. How can people get a hold of you? You guys can message me here on Instagram. That's the best way to reach me. And you guys get on a 15-minute call with my assistant. It's like a qualification call. That way, the people who are serious can speak to me and my team, and we can help you guys get the ball rolling. And if you guys are not in a position where you can make an investment into you know, this coaching, that's totally fine. I recommend that you guys read Rich Dad Poor Dad. That's how I got started. You guys can go on YouTube and just put Rich Dad Poor Dad audiobook. It's free, three hours that will change your life and get you in the right direction. That's so good. What is your Instagram handle? It's uh, the T-H-E Jorge Contreras. Love it. You say it so much better than I do. <laughs> Appreciate you, Brandon. Thank you for having me on. And uh, thank you, everyone, for sharing the last hour of your life in this new 2020 to help you guys get the ball rolling and start manifesting your goals into existence. Boom. I appreciate it, brother. 
All right, guys, this has been Ready, Set, Go, Real Estate Investing Podcast, the newest episode. Check out, make sure you go and subscribe, leave a review, but you also get notified every single Monday when the newest episode comes out. As always, you can always reach out to me at brandonelliotinvestments.com. Otherwise, on Instagram, brandonelliotinvestments or facebook.com slash brandonelliotinvestor or REI. And you guys will find me. So I appreciate you, bro. Nothing but gold nuggets always from you. So you're the man. All right, guys. Till next time. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.